0: There is always a risk and cash can be a risk. Welcome to Her Wealth Matters. If you wanna take control of your financial life, then listen up. Our goal is to empower women and their families to conquer any financial challenges on the road to and through retirement. It's time for Her Wealth Matters with financial planner, Janine Theus. I actually had one client say, she said, I would never have thought of these things. I go, well, that's the value of an advisor. And here's your host, Walter Storholt.
1: You know, Janine, there are some financial advisors out there who are just flat out liars. But that's actually pretty rare. For the most part, I don't think advisors are out there flat out lying to people. I think more often, based on what I've learned through the years of working with financial advisors all across the country, is that some are just guilty of making statements that they've been maybe conditioned, is the right word, uh, to say over the years. Even if those statements don't exactly ring true. And so I want to talk about why you should be cautious if you hear certain statements come from a financial advisor. And I'm sure that you've seen colleagues kind of walk down this path before, and maybe in, you've heard it from your clients before, Janine. I'm sure they tell you about their experiences with other financial advisors and why they've eventually landed in, in your office and in your room and having a conversation about some of the things. So I'll walk you through some of these things. Feel free to agree or disagree <coughs> that these would kind of classify as you know, financial lies. If an advisor ever says we can beat the market, what should one do?
0: Well, first off, That is uh, something that is implied or inferred by the financial media. Active investors, so those that like to trade or mutual funds that are active funds, they're advertising all of their sales material infers that they can beat the market. And the actual research shows that's not the case, that active investors or actively invested funds don't repeat. If they had a very good year, um let's say there was a everybody had a good year in 2019 but they don't repeat the following year and so what you have to understand is the market is random 50 years of research including since we have computers we can track a lot of these things including stock prices and what it shows is that the market is indeed random and if it's random then you don't want to chase it by attempting to beat it so that's a very important point that a lot of people miss Because the financial media has you convinced that they can do it or some advisor can do it or some money manager can do it. So maybe you can do it too.
1: Hmm. That's a great point. Yes. And that's a great example of the uh, kind of being conditioned to maybe puff out that chest a little bit in Mm -hmm. terms of what that performance looks like. But it doesn't always come down to the market. There are other items as well. A lot of advisors, Janine, will say that, you know, there are no fees, and kind of have this blanket blanket statement, you know, everything's free, no fees, but we all know that there's no such thing as a free lunch, right?
0: That's exactly right. And so right now there is a fee war happening between some of the very big custodians like Schwab or TD Ameritrade or E-Trade or all of them have gone to no fees, no trading fees. Well, I guarantee you they're taking fees somewhere (laughs) because they can't exist without some fee structure. So a lot of people, interestingly enough, think there are no fees in their 401ks and 403bs. And that is absolutely not true. If you have mutual funds that you're using for your investments in these employer plans. There are definitely fees. They're within the mutual funds. They're they're now required by law to be posted in the expense ratios. And so what's not posted is any tax drag or any other things. So there, there's no such thing as no fees.
1: It's a great point, Janine. No fees is uh, really just a marketing push, but mm-hmm. there's so much more behind that. But by like keeping it vague, they can make it sound very attractive. I also hear this term a lot, no risk. There's no risk here with this Sometimes it's investment or strategy, you know, fill in the blank, but this talk of no risk, but I thought pretty much anything that came to investing at least has some element of risk, right?
0: That's exactly right. There is always a risk and cash can be a risk because if you have most of your money in cash, the risk is you will not last or outlast inflation or taxes. That's
1: what what they call losing money safely, right?
0: That's right. You're going broke safely. (laughs) So, there is always a risk. The question is, what is it relative to? And so, yes, investing has risks. Then the question is, how much risk can I withstand? Which is really how much loss tolerance do I have? You know, with the market going up and down, is my portfolio going up and down? If it makes me really nervous for it to drop 10%, then I need to evaluate what kind of portfolio I, I want to have. And then that must, you know by default, you also have to realize you're not going to get 20% returns when the S&P 5 is doing 20%. It just doesn't happen. Risk is a very important part of the conversation. And it's important to understand what it is and how to measure it.
1: It's another one of those financial lies. Maybe we should put lies in quotation marks because, again, some of these things aren't flat-out lies, but they're not telling you the whole truth. There's maybe some misinformation or misrepresentation going on at times, bending the truth a little bit here and there. Sometimes it's just outmoded ways of thinking that kind of morph into a financial lie, Janine. And you hear that a lot when it comes to taxes. You know, there's advisors out there who will kind of go to this old standby belief that, you know what, your tax rate is going to be much lower in retirement. And then they build a financial plan based off of that piece of information. But are you seeing that truly as the case for most of your retirees that you work with?
0: Well, you know, it so depends on the individual circumstance. That is kind of a given in financial planning to tell folks or folks have come to believe that they will be there will be lower taxes in retirement. But that is not necessarily true if you are not changing your lifestyle or downsizing your lifestyle. And if even if you downsize your lifestyle and the tax brackets change, you may be in the same tax bracket as you are, or just slightly lower. So you have to look at. The tax rate is important. It's important to plan for it in retirement, but it may not be lower for many people.
1: We're going through a lot of these financial lies kind of one after another, because if you've built your financial plan off of or a relationship with the financial advisor off of one of these statements then that can be a little red flag and a little notice that maybe you're not as well prepared for retirement or your financial future as you once thought you were. Maybe you've built your financial plan off of a financial lie. That's why we're hitting one of these uh, after another here on today's show. Another one, Janine, you should never pay off your house early when interest rates are this low. I enjoy this debate where people (laughs) talk about whether to pay your house off early or – Keep paying it because you can make more in the market by not paying it off and using those funds that you would have paid it off with to invest. It's an interesting math experiment versus you know how emotions get involved in part of the process. I don't know. I don't know if that one's a a financial lie as it is just a humongous. It depends, right?
0: Well, exactly. And so the mortgage industry has a vested interest in you paying, um, you taking out a fifteen-year loan because they get their money. The bank gets its money back faster. So mortgages are really, and this is how people need to think about this, a mortgage is not necessarily a lien against the property. It's a lien against your income. So for some people to pay off their mortgages, this is an emotional decision. It's not an economic one. Right now, mortgage rates are extremely low, probably the lowest we've ever seen them, and which is phenomenal for especially first-time homeowners. But whether you should pay off your house early has to do with cash flow. I would not want to be obligated with a higher cash flow than would be comfortable, which is what a lot of people end up doing when they get 15 year mortgages. I would prefer to get a 30 year mortgage and create my own mortgage. Over that a period of time, they may be paying one extra payment a year.
1: But then, if the coronavirus hits and you hit job trouble or that's need right. a little extra cash flow to make it through the emergency, right. you have the flexibility <laughs> to peel back on your payments a little bit.
0: That is exactly right. And that's- I
1: was gung ho about going for the fifteen-year Janine because uh, we're, we're in the market to refinance and mm-hmm. we're kind of waiting to pull that trigger. Maybe at any moment right now, we're kind of watching the rates and seeing what's happening, and uh, we're, we're playing it to see if it'll go a little bit lower than it is right now. And uh, I was gung-ho about doing a 15 when we first started, you know, kind of going down this road in this process a little bit earlier in the year. And then when all this started to happen and and get triggered, now I'm kind of rethinking that whole thing. So when we go to lock in, I I haven't fully made up my mind yet, but I'm... (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's why this one was such an interesting, I've been doing a lot of reading on the comparisons, the math comparisons between the two and everybody talking about their experiences of what worked best and what didn't. So it's an I'll interesting have to, uh, have to thing send to think you,
0: about. Yeah, I'll have to send you a, a mathematical comparison because my, our younger son just is purchasing his first home and I was shocked that he was able to lock in a rate at 2.75, 30 year fixed.
1: Wow, that's great! I said
0: that has never happened. Our first house that we bought after getting married, the, the interest rate was thirteen <laughs> percent.
1: That's what my that's what my folks have always told <laughs> oh, me about. So, yeah, same same yeah, thing. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, huge huge difference. And I said, you know, you definitely. I mean, especially when if you're young and you're just starting out, or you're refinancing. I mean, some older folks, uh, retired folks, don't want to do the thirty year fix because oh my gosh, my mortgage is for thirty years. Well, no, it's your cash obligation. And you can always pay down the, the, the loan sooner, depending on your circumstance. So, you know, if you live in an area that has high appreciation rate and housing values, why would you give the bank back their money any faster? But, you know, we, so it's, it's one that's fun to debate. And with the super low interest rates of today, I would definitely look to refinance at these lower rates.
1: Yeah, it's a good and, point that the you look at the math difference by getting a better rate by going with the 15, and it sounds like you're going to save a ton of money over the course of the loan by going that route. But if you are investing that difference,
0: that's right. it kind of closes key. that
1: gap a lot. Right? Yeah,
0: that's the key. You have to invest the
1: difference. It, it um, does make it and boil it down to almost more of an emotional decision at that point, which is kind of interesting.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. So Fascinating discussion. Last but not least, and we heard this a lot in 2008, we, this kind of got taken away a little bit, Janine, over the last decade. We, we less and less started to say this as an example because I think people forgot. And now people have been hearing this phrase all over again. You know, it's just a paper loss. Hang in there and you'll be fine. Now, why would that classify as a financial lie? potentially?
0: Well, it, it's, it's a, a little bit of twisting of the truth. So yes, it is a paper loss because you haven't cashed out or you haven't um, sold at the low point. So, it, you know, as long as you just leave it alone and, and the market comes back, then you really don't have a loss per se. Right now, the market is declining. So hanging in there, you'll be fine is somewhat accurate in that, you know, depending on how your portfolio is allocated and you don't panic, then you really, the loss has not been realized is the correct term. If I sell out or I go to cash, then I have realized the losses. So if I don't want to do that, then I need to, you know, stay disciplined <laughs> and then look to reevaluate how you are positioned strategically. And that, so that's very important because the people who panic and cash out are the ones who aren't realizing those losses. So, yes, you do have to hang in there. So that's not quite a lie.
1: You've been listening to the Her Wealth Matters podcast. If you have any questions at all about retirement or financial planning, give Janine a call at 833-437-7526 or go online to HerWealthMatters.com. For Janine Theus, I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time on the Her Wealth Matters podcast. The Her Wealth Matters podcast is brought to you by DS Wealth Advisors, based in Columbia, Maryland, serving Howard County and beyond. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app and never miss an episode. Just search for "Her Wealth Matters" to find us. You can also visit HerWealthMatters.com for subscribe links to contact Janine Theus and to learn more information about how to best prepare for your financial future. It's HerWealthMatters.com. Thanks for listening to today's show. Did you know that Janine Theus also has a radio show? Tune in to Her Wealth Matters, Sundays at 3 p.m. on AM 680 WCBM.